0: We vomit rainbows.
1: Episode number 12. And in this one, we get uh, a spit update mm-hmm. on the Tinder uh, tragedy. Um, and then we talk a little bit about the walking dead, um, an unfortunate healthcare worker for the elderly. And then uh, we talk about dead or alive. Well, mostly dead. DOA dude. <laughs> DOA dude. Well, this is episode 12 of Vomiting Rainbows. Like pretty a, pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, it's like a do, like a dozen, man. Like it's like a dozen donuts. We've we've like,
1: uh, we've, we've finally made it. Yeah,
0: man, it's awesome. <laughs> and
1: and this one I come to you with a little bit of a head cold, so I'm apologizing in advance for sounding, you know, a little stopped up.
0: You know, I think that's one of the great things though, Doug, about podcasts <laughs> is that uh they're a little bit more um a little more based in reality than your traditional uh talk format, right. you know, as far as audio goes. Exactly. So people are just like, yeah, that's how, sometimes people get sick and that's how they sound. So Yeah. You know, it used to be, though, like back in the uh, traditional kind of old school radio days where it's like if you had a really bad head cold, they're like, oh, you, know, you can't be. You,
1: you can't know, be on. You
0: can't be on. You don't sound good.
1: You don't sound yeah. You're not proper.
0: Exactly. That's how it was. You uh, know, uh, I like to think that I kind of broke that mold because I never sound good. So <laughs> I always <laughs> sound like something's wrong with me. I slur, I, you know, and it, you, it made it okay just to kind of be a knucklehead and be on the radio.
1: Did you, did you ever hear that, uh, of that dialect? There's this dialect that's like basically gone, mm. um, but it was a dialect that was. Formed For radio mm. and it, it's like that uh, 19 kind of 30s and 40s speak. They called it like the trans America uh, dialect or something mm. like that. And it and it uh, was basically made for radio. You know, like uh, you yeah. know, that old timey guys, yeah, yeah, like, speak- "Hey, what do you yeah, say, guys?" Exactly
0: hey. that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And there is like uh, you can actually take classes on how to learn to speak like that. It's
0: vomiting rainbows. <sighs> <laughs> I,
1: I, I think if we if we could do that one episode, just like, oh my god, dude, uh, I <laughs> I can barely like I, I can I can barely stop saying like so yeah. I don't what, know if I could even...
0: What's that class called? Like, how to how to learn how to talk in the most annoying uh, dialect yeah. ever? That like is old like old-timey
1: old timey yeah. talk.
0: Yeah, I say like a lot.
1: Old-timey talk 101.
0: Yeah, somebody should count the number of times you say like in a podcast. <laughs> no, please I, don't. Please I, do I not. It's, I bet it's a plus 100.
1: I, I'm sure it is.
0: Like, in an hour, I bet it's easily 100. Now you're
1: going to make me, like, <laughs> conscious of it. And I'm not going to want to... It's not fair. Um, so, I... I ...texted you a little bit earlier. Yeah. And you told me you got to f- to hang out with uh, the guys from uh, Walking Dead. Okay, hold on, hold
0: on. Oh, uh, don't hold
1: show on, me a photo. On. No. No,
0: no, 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 no. I'm not going to show you a picture. I'm actually... <laughs> I'm not going gonna, gonna to read the text. I Hold on. Uh-huh. It goes... Uh, I haven't seen the new one yet. But I saw Rick and Daryl over the weekend. I saw them.
1: You saw them. Oh, I saw Did okay. I hang out with them? I, I thought you hung out with no,
0: them. No, no, no. And uh. then I was eating breakfast, and this dude walks by... And I look up and I go, oh my god, that 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 was Rick. And the dude goes, Oh my god, it was, man. And then like later on in the day, like we were walking around and I'm like, dude, that's Daryl. And I'm like, what are they doing here? And I guess they had a big um they did like a live after show at a cemetery yeah. or something. And they were in town filming that. It was down in Los Angeles over the weekend. It, so they were just kind of hanging out.
1: It was Talking Dead.
0: Talking Dead, exactly, yeah. exactly. So I saw them uh before the before the the live Talking Dead on Sunday night. So I saw them.
1: So I watched the Talking Dead. Yeah. And the Talking Dead one was I I can't even imagine how they how they handled this, but they got they got out there, and it was supposed to be a beautiful night and all this, but instead it rained, yeah, like torrential downpour, yeah. So they're sitting on stage, and it starts raining, and so they start handing out um, it's live, yeah. So they just start handing out umbrellas to like all the people, and Chris Hardwick is the host, sure, and so he's just sitting there, and they're like, "Do you want an umbrella?" And he's like, "No, I'm hard." Yeah, what are you gonna do? You know, and, I mean, it's you know, and Rick, I I. I've never watched *Talking Dead* before, but this opener, His accent. the yeah, yeah. He, he's British. Yeah, it's it, the worst. It, it it just it just completely ruined it for me. I was like, no, no, yep, yep,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: that was yeah. heartbreaking. So I I wanted to talk to you about hanging the, out with them. No, I, I wanted didn't. to talk to you about <laughs> episode one of 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 *Walking Dead*, but. I don't want to – we can't – I haven't
0: seen it. I haven't seen it yet. But I, but I do know – I mean, I, I know enough about it to talk about it. I know people were really – it's, like, supposed to be, like, one of the most graphic, violent things ever shown on television, like, like oh. to the nth level, to the point where people were like, I'm not going to – watch. I can't watch the show if this is how it's going to be from here on out. And from what I understand, on The uh, the Talking Dead, they had to really reassure fans that, like – Yeah. You know, they, they, they made a really super graphic, violent, kind of Quentin Tarantino – First episode yeah. to kind of set the stage for multiple kind of facets of the storyline.
1: Dude, it, it was traumatizing. Like, it, yeah. seriously traumatizing. Like, I, I watched that episode, and I, I started watching it, and I was like, I, I can't watch anymore. Or like, I had to take a break. There
0: has been a couple uh, episodes that have been really, really raw. Uh, I think when they went to uh, Alexandria. Yeah. And, and they were slitting the throats in yeah. that uh, trough. I mean, that, that's, like that's that, that's that's kind of next level for TV. Um, I mean, it's amazing, you know, the the cultural impact of The Walking Dead, and you know, kind of what it says about where we're at. I think. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's you, you can kind of you can kind of uh, there's in, there's sociological insights to what, what what's popular in pop culture, right? And, right. You know, the, it said something about the time when Leave It to Beaver was was a huge show, or Happy Days, right? And and uh, you know, when Walking Dead is is like one of the most you know popular TV shows of our time. It, it it's it's interesting to, to kind of look at the reasons why. And uh, you know what the morbid fascination with that is, and and just you know zombie movies in general. I'm a big, huge uh, a fan of the genre. So you know it's kind of the whole, you know it's it's that thing. What's scarier, like the the Walking Dead or your fellow man? You right. Know, like, like which one's more evil, like the, these monsters or the uh, you know the, the, your fellow uh, man, member of mankind.
1: Well, I mean the other thing with that aspect too is the zombies, and that when they graphically kill them. You're like whatever, it's a zombie, it doesn't yeah. really matter. Um but like shows uh, in the genre of American horror story. Yeah. That some of that is just again, it's the, the two of those those two shows seem to have set a a new bar. For sure. Which is this counterculture of like gore and and very popular t v shows and i I actually love both shows
0: yeah well and, I, mean, I I think there's always you know the, the thing is 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 that uh you know there's there's a there's a huge 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 fan base for horror right, and these two shows kind of cross that that boundary and make it kind of mainstream, so you know so so you have a built in audience of people that just if it says the word zombie on it, they're gonna watch it, right, you know, which is a massive amount of people, and then it's kind of crossing over into all these other uh you know, these other areas. I mean, and I, think, I think The Walking Dead does a pretty good job of, you know, kind of tapping in, like, to the survivalist wacky guy and, you know, kind of the dude who thinks the end of the world's coming. Right. And then, you know, they have enough dynamics on the show just as far as interpersonal relationships go where, you know, I think anyone can kind of relate to it.
1: Right. You know? uh, so, you know, I, I, I watched that, that, that episode, and then at the end of it they have, the, you know, you saw the, the end of the last one. Yeah, of course. And that guy, he's a really good actor, but he came out, and he's, like, the new badass dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that guy came out on the stage, and it was really funny because he came out, and he was, like, super shy because he was, like, I'm not a fan. No one likes me right now. Like, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. He's no, like, it's true. So it was just really interesting. Well,
0: it- t- TV is interesting like that, right? I mean, I think uh, – I don't know if you ever watched Game of Thrones, but that the one guy, the prince guy, that ended up getting poisoned. Yeah, uh, uh, Joffrey. Yeah, Joffrey. I mean, people like people hated that kid. Yeah, and even like in real life, like when he meet people, they'd be like they start yelling at him. And yeah. He's like, I am an actor, man. Yeah. Like, this well, is well, just
1: well, a role. A, a bunch of my friends went to Ireland for some uh, web conference. Yeah, and they were there, and Joffrey was there, and yeah. they were like they hung out with Joffrey all night and partied with him, and it, it was Joffrey and uh, the Harry Potter. Yeah Guy as well And so the 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 two of them They were hanging They're like Yeah we're partying all night With like Joffrey and, and Harry Potter Yeah And it, it was just surreal They said Because every once in a while They'd look over And they'd be like I fucking hate that yeah, guy Yeah totally totally. And then they're like But he's the nicest guy in the yeah, world You know Exactly <laughs> it's, it's just really weird
0: But it's interesting That Daryl from the show uh, Norman Reedus Is his uh, his real name He has another TV show Called Ride Where he basically like Rides motorcycles around Right And just gets to do All this cool stuff and it's funny because you can really tell that, um, I, you know, I kind of think The Walking Dead was a no-brainer. I mean, it had such a, a cult following as far as the the graphic comics and stuff. Right. Um, you know, and if you look at what Marvel's done with all the comics in the movies, I mean, I think it was kind of a no-brainer. The genre, there's a demand for it. But I don't think anyone really anticipated it being such a huge hit. Right. And you can tell seeing him kind of outside The Walking Dead just on his own show, like, he's a really humble guy. And yeah. you can tell he's kind of just like, dude, I can't believe I get to do this.
1: Yeah. You know, he's and, like a
0: starving actor, and now he's, like, on top of the world.
1: And, and everyone was just sitting, like, even in The Talking Dead, like, he came out, and, like, people applauded and stood up for him for, like, a good like ten they like had to calm the audience down because he's so beloved by yeah. everyone he's just like this dark mysterious dude that everyone's like this is he he just seems like a cool guy and he's always like i'm gonna go on my own but i'm always doing something noble yeah and, like, he's and it seems like he's kind of got that personality anyway
0: yeah exactly so,
1: all right so uh we we have a new New section. Was which, this
0: section called Fanboy for the Walking Dead? Is that yeah, what that was? That,
1: that, <laughs> it was. That that'll be also for next week. We'll go into it. You your your homework. Your homework is to watch uh, both episodes. I you will. gotta watch two so that we can go talk about two and see if it really was for less sure. violent. For sure. Um but uh so uh this section is called Spit Update. <laughs> Spit update. Yeah. See? I'm funny. Um <laughs> And so, um, this we're going to go back again and revisit uh, Gable uh, Tosti, the our our guy who um, ha- had the Tinder date, and she fell off the balcony. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yes. This is a good one. So his his trial uh, ended, and he was exonerated
0: because they listened to the audio.
1: They listened to the audio. Um, he's been basically quiet. But because of his attorney, so he came out and and told his story. Yeah. After all of this,
0: and so so real quick, th- this was the story as I understand it. This guy uh, dates this girl on Tinder, brings her back to his sky rise She's like attacking him, violent, throwing stuff at him. You know, the the reason why he was suspect is because early on in this conversation that was recorded, he's had a couple run-ins with the law, or whatever. So he mikes his house. So they're playing this tape of this night, and early on in the night, he's like, I'm going to kill you. I'll throw you off the balcony. Well, it turns out they're partying, they're drinking, they're fighting. He, it gets to the point where she's, like, attacking him. He pushes her out into the balcony, closes the door, and according to him, she was trying to escape the balcony, trying to jump over to another balcony, and fell fell off the building and died.
1: Right. exactly. And so— uh, and a lot of people said that she he had tried to choke her moments before, yeah, and that she was uh, in fear for her life that 's why she went over the ledge, yeah, um, so really here 's what he said he said um, i think it 's about time that I speak out about the events that happened um, if you 're not aware i'm i 'm speaking to the tragic death of uh, Rarina Wright, and that 's the girl who fell over the balcony. Mm. Um, so far, I've been silent. Uh, my hands have been tied because of my attorneys. And there are so many misconceptions and untruths that have been circulated out there. Um, and also, to be fair, the court came out and literally said, he's been exonerated. It's time to leave him alone. Yeah. I, I mean, he has just been vilified and yeah. Uh And, I, you know, he's, as, as uh, one person said... He he may be a douchebag, but he's not a murderer.
0: There you go. And so that, did someone really say that or do you say that?
1: Uh it, I'm paraphrasing, but basically. <laughs> uh, he should bas- have a
0: shirt that says that. I might be a douchebag, but I didn't kill anybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um so um he said that it's been uh, a, a really difficult time for him. Uh he said it's the most tragic and distressing event that he's ever experienced. Um and knowing to be the blast person that I was with her has permanently scarred me. And not a day uh, passes that I I can't. I wish I couldn't go back and and redo these events.
0: Well, and I mean, think about that, man. Like you know, he went out on a, a casual date with this girl. She ends up dead. I mean, you know, that's gonna like imagine like his next date. Like the date's like so. You know, do you date a lot? <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: awkward. Yeah. Awkward. You
0: know, like the last girl I dated ended up falling off my balcony. I mean, and, and not yeah. only that, but, I mean, think about that. Like, it is horrible. And, and I mean, is that a kind of thing where like, you would have to move from your, your place? I mean, that would, like, mess you up, right? Oh, like, yeah.
1: It's 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 terrible. Yeah, it's horrible. I, I, I have a friend who uh, went out um, on a date with a girl, and she wanted to go see the sunrise, and she ran at—they went to— um this cliff overlook over the Bay Bridge. Yeah, and um, he was right behind her, and she started tearing off ahead of him and went over a little um, a warning area. Yeah, and she fell off of off of the cliff and oh, died.
0: Oh my god! And
1: I I can only imagine that it's very similar to what what yeah. this. Like, Let's
0: get that dude on the podcast. Yeah, we talk can, about that. We
1: we absolutely could. I wonder. I I'll see if he's if he's interested. Because
0: that's. I mean that's that's.
1: It was intense. Yeah. And, and it had to be very challenging for him. So, of course. So that, that'll that be for a future podcast. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe.
0: I probably wouldn't want to talk about that, man, if that happened to me. Like, I'd be like, yeah, it happened. And that, you know. Uh,
1: he's, he kind of went roaming around the world after that to yeah. try and kind of recenter himself. I would
0: be interested in talking to him about that process. You know, yeah. I mean, that'd be a great thing to talk about, like, whether, you know, dealing with loss or dealing with tragedy. I mean, it's it's interesting to find... It's interesting to hear about the different ways that people pull themselves back up from a situation like that. Yeah, right? I mean,
1: like, I, I, we've all had, like, family members pass away or, or friends pass away, but it's another thing to have a senseless death happen while you're there.
0: De- yeah, I mean, that's, that's, kind of, yeah, definitely. I mean,
1: that's, yeah, that's I, I can't, I can't imagine how. So it, he said, um, I've never experienced anything like this and had no idea how would it uh, would affect me. Um, uh, I had only known her for one, one night, um, and I'm absolutely horrified that this happened to her. And I never wish this to happen to anyone. Um, while I've never had the chance to meet her family, uh, it pains me at the loss and suffering they must be experiencing. Um, my night with Warina, uh, was, uh, w- intended to be relaxing and fun. Um, and this is, this is where he goes a little Trumpy and off the rails and yeah. starts saying, you know, she was... Uh, we got along great. She became more aggressive. Uh, and then I thought she found it amusing, but soon it got out of hand. Yeah. Um, and she kept hitting me, taunting me, throwing stuff around and trashing my apartment. And after a couple of hours, uh, after all of my efforts spent to placate her, uh, I couldn't calm her down. And just,
0: just a quick, uh, uh, Life learning point from this: If you're on a uh, a date with a stranger and they come to your apartment and they start breaking all your stuff, yeah, call the police. Like, yeah. like that—that's the appropriate adult thing to do. You know, after like 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, as soon as they throw a plate at you. And don't leave. That's when you call the police and get them removed from your house.
1: Yeah, you don't it, know this
0: person. It's like it's like you know. It's I mean, this is just a learning moment. And I want everyone that's listening to this to remember: like, you don't need to like you don't need to save this person. It doesn't matter what you've done. It's like they're throwing stuff at you, attacking you physically. The date's over. The you want over. this person out of your life? Call nine one one and get this person ejected from your house.
1: Yeah, it's just that the the problem is is that at that point it becomes embarrassing. The law he he didn't want to get law enforcement involved because he had had run-ins with them before. You know, it's just, it's it's and he's hammered out of his mind. Sure. So, but
0: with all that said,
1: still, you know, yeah. uh, um, He said, uh, "I've even though I tried to placate her, calm her down, she just would not." I've I've always been happy to have great uh, girls stay overnight, um, but her her behavior became so overbearing, I decided I wanted her to leave. Um, This is where the alleged choking sounds began. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I never even put my hands deliberately on her or around her neck, Um, but I did. She picked up a metal object, tried to swing it at me, and I removed it from her hands. Yeah, Um, that's
0: self-defense. Right,
1: exactly. I think um, if
0: someone's like, like... like hitting you with like a lamp, and they're on top of you, like smashing you with the lamp. I think it's okay if you choke them. I think it's like that's okay, like to get them off you by any means necessary. I think that's 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 okay.
1: Right. And and he said in the heat of the moment and the fact that we had been drinking all night, eloquence was not my first priority. Sure. So he said the struggle took place about two to three meters from the rear glass doors, Australia meters, mm. you know, whatever yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then it like, was like uh, three miles. That yeah, it's huge. like dude. <laughs> and so um, he said he was uh, two, two to three meters from his rear glass doors uh, and my balcony, uh, being assaulted. And my front door was ten meters away. So, and it has an automatic closer lock on it that he would have to get undone. Yeah. Um, and he couldn't imagine whole like trying yeah, to get yeah. her out. And so he thought it was easier just to slide the door, get her to calm down. Yeah he he said i put her on the balcony um i figured it would separate us and i could either then decide whether or not like you said call the police or security and have them remove her from my apartment he said it was ten literally 10 seconds and you can hear this on the on the video or I mean, on the audio recording i did not expect anything when i turned around i saw her briefly for a fraction of a second go over the balcony Ugh. and he said at that point Um, he said she never tried to bang on the door. Um, she never tried with any warning or anything to try, uh, to get back in. All I knew was she was no longer there. Um, and he said the last thing that he could ever expect was somebody to go over the balcony. Yeah. And, um, he said, uh, it's not like I locked her out there for hours and she couldn't get back in. It was 10 seconds. Um... He said, I tried to keep my composure, and then when I realized what had happened, um, the only sensible, sensible thing I could think to do in a drunken state was call my dad and, and an attorney. Yeah. Um, he, he said, I just didn't know what to do. So he did that. He went—he um, did not try and flee the scene. He went downstairs and waited for his dad. Um,
0: what was there, like, a body on the street? I mean— Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. But the— Cops and ambulance were were out there.
0: Yeah. So
1: he, when he saw them out there, and you can see that there's a CCTV footage yeah. that they tried to elude that he was trying to get away. Yeah, but he, you can see him. He goes out of the elevator. He looks out and he can see all the commotion going yeah, on. of course. And he just goes out the other way. Yeah, because he's like, "Fuck this, I can't handle."
0: Yeah, like, seeing the body. Yeah, of yeah. Course. Well,
1: hand, seeing the body, and then immediately having to try and explain this story in a completely blotto stage. Yeah. With the cops. Sure. Um, so he called, he waited for his dad, and while he was waiting for his dad, he said he was anxious, he didn't know what to do, and they said, it made it. he, he said that it looked like I was leisurely having pizza on the curb, but I was just waiting for my dad. I didn't know what else to do, and I figured it might behoove me to have food, because I hadn't eaten all night. Yeah. Um, was so eating pizza? Yeah. He said, and he said it was just, like, it was Right there, I grabbed a piece of pizza and waited for my dad.
0: These people saying you can't eat pizza because someone well, they, off your they made it
1: look like he had a he went and like ordered a pizza and had a casual meal.
0: Even if he did, I mean, you know, was, you know,
1: people react to he things did. different. Yeah,
0: he's like, God, man, I just uh, someone just fell off my balcony. Yeah, I want some pepperoni pizza. He said, like, "It seems like a logical thought process in my
1: world, <laughs> right?" And and like what, what we what we talked about on the podcast before was like a, about like the his encounters with the law. Yeah, and he, so his he's like, I've had some minor encounter, encounters with the law. Um, one of them was I threw an egg at someone. Um, and then the other was that I had a small fake ID racket with some friends when we were minors. Yeah. Um, and then I had, uh, I'm trying to
0: remember at the end of the, the podcast, where we first talked about the story. Did I want to hang this guy or was I like, Hey, he could be innocent. Did I cast judgment on him? I can't no,
1: remember. No, I, I, I think we, <laughs> I think at the end of it, we were like at the same mindset. We said everything from the audio court recording. Cause we talked correlates and, to his story. Yeah. It correlates to his story. And it just sounded like, um, they were both drunk. It went, unfortunately, south. So um, he he said he's happy that this matter has been resolved um, and he wants to go on with his life. Um, he knows that everybody wants to crucify him, but um, he just hopes that people will understand that he's been absolved of the crimes uh, and, you know, he wants to move on.
0: Yeah, he's, I mean, you know, unfortunately when, uh, you know, you, you, uh the court can exonerate you but there's also the the court of public opinion and if people think this guy killed somebody he has to uh he's got to find a whole new fashion right that, you know if he if he had doesn't have a goatee he's got to grow one you know he's got to grow out his hair like he's got to change his whole vibe he's got to, he's got to probably move he's probably got to reinvent himself i mean well, that's just that's what i would suggest doing right like there's yeah. no sense walking around the same building and going, oh you're that guy like eh, you know what i mean like he's trying to get dates and girls are like, i'm not going to your place you yeah you know, you know what i mean like
1: well he he already has a girlfriend. Her name really? is Lizzie Evans. And is it that easy to get a girlfriend these days? Well, she's been supporting him through the trial and kind of help helping him through she, it.
0: Is she one of those chicks that just like likes people that are on trial for murder? I mean, no, like, I yeah, think they're, they're out there. That's a good it, thing.
1: It could be, um, but uh, I think she felt the same thing. Like she, this is a. She obviously had heard everything. From his side, um, I just
0: uh, listen, Doug. I just tend to think that if you're a single woman, you you would you would try to date someone that has less stuff going on in their life like this, like, right? I always think about like the single dude who can't get a girlfriend who hears stories like this, and he's like, "Really? The yeah. guy, the guy on trial for murder can get a girlfriend, and I can't get a girlfriend."
1: Right. Well, I mean, look at at the the guy from Making a Murderer. I mean, he got a fiance. I
0: know. It's yeah. just, I don't know. And, I mean, I, from prison, I, I'm just amazed at that 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 uh, you know. That women are like, oh, that guy seems like he's got a lot going on, right? A Complex trial and all this emotional baggage. Now that the last girl he dated fell off his balcony, I think I'll hang out with that guy.
1: That he seems like it's going to be that's going to go well. Yeah,
0: I mean, there is like there are tons of like
1: normal dudes that are just working forty hours a week, dude. It's a project. Yeah, you true. know, she can fix him. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, that's kind of you know our 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 spit update. But like he's he's free yeah. and he's trying to get back back his life and get get on track. Freedom uh, Freedom. <laughs> um but that leads us to another another international story mm. um which is this uh woman Beth uh Wettlaufer. and bet Beth is a um she uh cares for the elderly mm. um and as you can tell probably not going to go well but um she, <laughs> she's telling
0: the story it's not going to end well it's
1: probably not she's been uh she's been working in uh ontario uh this place called i guess london ontario um and she and also woodstock ontario um and during her time from 2007 to 2014 eight of her elderly uh patients have died, Um, and they all died from drug, basically drug overdoses, Mm. Um, and she,
0: I mean, this is the thing, you work with the, like, this, like, the elderly, elderly, Uh I mean, that's a seven-year career, that's, that's about one a year, I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of expected, like, if you work with people that are, like, 95 and above, yeah, they're, your clients are going to be dying.
1: Right, the problem is, is that they say that she administered a drug that she knew would kill them, uh, and she has written a, a series of poems talking about oh, murder. Wow.
0: Oh, so she's like just like the angel of death? Angel of death. Are these guys are these people wanting to be put out
1: of their no, misery? Not at all. No,
0: they're like 55. <laughs>
1: no, they're so uh, I'll actually tell you they they gave a whole list of her uh her victims and uh they were from 84 to 75. Mm. Um or no, sorry. Ninety-six to seventy-five. Okay. Um, but the uh, one of her, the the youngest one was seventy-five, and that was the most recent uh, death. Um, they are exhuming all of the victims. Uh, oh no, they will not exhume the uh, most of the um, the victims, but yeah. they think there are probably more. Um, and but these are the ones that they're going with because they are have conclusive roof
0: now what if this what if this lady thought she was giving them like the proper dose of medicine and she just like you know like she doesn't do decimal points very well right so instead yeah. of like you know point one five, she you know what i'm talking about yeah. she's, like, she's
1: just overdosing them well that's you know that's a, a real thing, death by decimal uh, and that's the like is in, it really
0: called death by decimal
1: that's what they call it so in,
0: do, in, in like uh, hospitals and stuff uh, yeah oh, really so look at uh,
1: me <laughs> look at you huh. So yeah, that's a that's a real real thing, and death by decimal is so prevalent in hospitals that uh, nurses have a group of um, when they go to the hospital, they have another nurse go with them, yeah, to watch the nurse to make sure that she doesn't like accidentally overdose them, yeah, because you know ten or a hundred yeah. is like a massive
0: massive amount, and yeah. it, it well, adds- we hear stories about that all the time about how like. You know, they, they they now they actually, mark like, write a marker on the foot that they're going to cut off. Like, cut this one off. And they have, like, right. five people sign it. Because okay. you hear those stories about people like get the wrong limb cut off. Or, you know, I was in here for, like, uh, you know, whatever. And they end uh-huh. up taking out an organ. Like, you know. Yeah. Stuff like that or, happens.
1: Or, yeah. So I think the uh, one of the scariest things is I've had uh, ACL surgery twice. Yeah. And there's nothing more horrifying than you, you have to literally mark the knee yeah. yourself with an X Yeah. And this, yeah. there's nothing that feels good about that at yeah, all. Like this is the one you're going to cut up. Yeah, but this like, is not the
0: case. It's, it's it's not death by a decimal point.
1: No, no, they don't. Th- they they so you, said
0: that. So you're saying this chick Beth is like a deranged, like she feels like the angel of death. She she likes you know she's she's the like the soul collector. She writes these crazy poems.
1: Yeah, and she looks like you know a little bit like heavy set, but like normal person, not mm. like. And if you read like her these. These poems are the poems good work?
0: just just a, a, as, a, as a poetic structure. Just, I mean, like if it wasn't attached to the story, are the poems good? I mean, she here, good here
1: I'll, I'll read you one. Okay. Uh, she watches some life drain from uh, the notch in the neck in his vein as it soos- soothingly uh, pulls and smothers her pain. Sweet stiletto, so sharp, craves another cut. Obeying the call, she moves to his gut. Uh, blade tracing a line from navel to spine, grating on ribs. Um, slicing intestine. It's
0: not bad. You know, it's, I mean, a little morbid, a little on the dark side, but a little,
1: it, little it on the dark side. Did she go to school for this? I mean, <laughs> like maybe she's a, she's like a, a budding a
0: budding poet, but she's got stuck being a nurse. I mean, yeah,
1: I mean, people people can have like a dark fascination. Look at like Brent Easton Ellis or, you know, uh who's the uh, Chuck Palahniuk. You know, there there are people out there who have as far as we know, not killed anyone, but sure. have written some of the most disturbing books out there yeah, I mean, uh, about murder. Yeah, and I, um, I mean,
0: I imagine, you know, if you're in a situation like Beth is and, and you're, you know, whether you're overdosing them or not, you're seeing, you're kind of with people at the end of their life. You've seen death a lot. I think it's easy to become, uh, you know, fascinated with that, you know, because you're dealing with it constantly, you know. It's like that, that kind of, that's your, your business, that's your world, so you're probably going to be a little bit more apt to, you know, be heavily focused on that. Yeah. I'm not it's, saying it's okay that she that she if, if indeed she is overdosing people that that's okay. No. But I think I can understand her being a little bit morbid and a little bit dark and a little bit twisted. Yeah. You know, you think about people that work at funeral homes and stuff, yeah. they kind of become desensitized to things. They look at death differently.
1: Right. And like, so, like,
0: what, what was that uh six feet under? Or yeah, like six feet
1: under I was literally that's immediately what popped into my, my head was like Dexter and Six Feet Under. The yeah. same same guy was in, in both. Michael 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 Hall. Michael C. Hall. Wasn't, wasn't he the breath uh uh 16 candles was that I think so oh yeah yeah that's yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> but anyway but uh yeah he uh anyway the she wrote another poem called working happy and on the flip side it's all about you know her satisfaction working with the elderly mm-hmm. so um she uh uh also has been clean and sober for 365 days so she had posted that on her Facebook in 2015. So she apparently, from all outside, like even her neighbors and the people who had worked with her in the home, said she was wonderful. Yeah. So it's it's just very disturbing. It if, is disturbing if, if she's actually out to be true. Yeah. If it if it turns out to be the case, but um, yeah. So that's it's kind of kind of the story. Yeah. It's not and, the kind
0: of people you want taking care of your parents or yourself yeah, exactly. when you get older and
1: and i think that's the the hardest thing it's like when you hear about um homes like this when they're um abusing the elderly or and things of that nature it's just heartbreaking well and usually
0: i mean you know it, it, uh you know if you are you know dealing with this phase of life with somebody uh you know and they're going into a home or whatever i mean there i remember like i had a huge interest uh in gerontology and actually i wanted to be a gerontologist and, really? and work with the elderly and i did extensive volunteering in all types of uh, old folks' homes, and, and what I wanted to be was an omsbud. Um, can't even say it. Omsbudsman, um, and that's okay. basically somebody who it's a position, and you're you basically are uh, you know if you, there should be one if you're checking someone into one of these homes, there should be a, a person like that, and they they look out for the welfare of all the patients. So if they're, they look for signs of abuse, they talk to people, and they're kind of the advocate. Oh, right, for those people, you know. Um, But, you know, the old folks home, a lot of them are really interesting, man. You know, I mean, I I worked in ones where people had their private rooms. People lived in kind of like, um, you know, kind of halls where you'd walk in a room and there'd be like maybe, you know, 10 beds on each side. And the the biggest thing that they had problems with was these guys would uh, have all kinds of weapons, like knives and machetes. Because they they were, you know, if anyone messed with them, they wanted to to be able to defend themselves. So, you know, you you would go into these places and they would have, like, you know, these gnarly knives underneath their pillows. And they would constantly confiscate these, like, crazy weapons from these dudes because they were like, hey, man, like, if if something goes down or some guy starts messing with me, like. I'm going to fuck
1: them up. Exactly. And they're, nine years old. Yeah. These, at at this point, they're fragile. They're older. And they don't, they're vulnerable. Yeah. And they don't want to, probably don't want to feel vulnerable at all. Um, and I, you know, these are people who have probably have amazing life experiences that they want to share. Well, that's what um, I always
0: like working with the elderly and, and, and visiting with them and talking to them is because, you know, you basically get to hear uh, a life's worth experience, you know, and, and there's always, there's always like three things that they, that they talk about. They talk about, um, the, the time that they almost died. Right. Like if they've ever almost died, that's like the number one thing they talk about. They talk about the woman they loved and they talk about kids if they had them like, th- like I I you know, I've sat down with hundreds of people, like eighty five and plus, and those are the three things that they bring up. They don't talk right. about what they did for a living, they don't talk about where they, they, they don't talk about any of that stuff. They talk right. about like, oh, you know, like especially the really old guys that kinda of repeat their stories, they'd be like, Oh hey Mike, they were you about that one time, I almost died, and, and they go into the story, you know, right. and then they're like, Oh, you know, like love my life, like this is how I matter, and then they will yeah. talk about their kids. Like, that's it.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean those are the big things that matter in life.
0: Yeah, I mean it really is. And and I, I found when I worked with the elderly it really helped me uh Learn really quickly what is important in life and, and the kind of things that, you know, that matter. Right. You know? So I, I found it, I always found it really rewarding, not to mention always a lot of fun because like really, really old people are hilarious because they don't, they don't care. They don't like, give a, They do not care. They will say whatever fuck. they want. They, they don't, yeah. you know, I mean, they, they just don't. And it's great to be around people that are just, you know, they're 100% honest and they just don't care.
1: And, and then they tell you how you should be living your life too. That too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sage advice. Continual yeah. sage advice. What? Um and so anyway from that story uh you know I think we'll go straight into a really sad uh a death that just happened mm-hmm. I didn't even hear about this in in the news but the lead singer Pete Burns from Dead or Alive
0: Oh yeah dude I did hear about this did this, you? Got, this got such little uh little coverage fresh.
1: yeah yeah I mean you spin me right round everyone knows that song
0: Round, like,
1: like a record, record baby, right round. round. I
0: yeah. mean, if you if you danced at the edge, if you I mean, if you went to any kind of you know late '80s, early '90s alternative dance club, I think people forget that people used to go dance to alternative music. Yeah. I mean, and that was, that was you know, you easily... I mean, there might have been only three songs. Right. That was one of them. It had, like, a 25-minute remix. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was that, some Depeche Mode, maybe some Tears for Fears. Right. Maybe back into a Depeche Mode song, <laughs> back into the DOA song from the yeah. 15 minutes. I mean, you know.
1: It, it was... I, I definitely remember this song when it came out, and it was just huge, and it was, like, all over the place. Yeah. And the video on... On MTV, Mm -hmm. and I, I just it was just really sad to find out that he had a heart attack. Um, How old is he? uh, Yeah, he was. Hold on, fifty seven. Fifty seven. So Jesus, and so you know, it was one of these things where um, I I watched a couple of the things that they had on Heavy, and uh, um, one one of the things that he did was he did a celebrity wife swap with uh, a footballer
0: wait a second was that guy even a celebrity i thought he just wrote this the, the i thought he just wrote that one song i mean is he i'm not trying to talk bad of him but i mean did he maybe, have like other maybe, songs i mean were they
1: uh i i don't know of i thought any he was just like song. a dance
0: guy you know he,
1: he he had he tried to constantly reinvigorate his career yeah but um no he did not there were not a lot of songs that came out him. but he
0: got married he was married he did a wife swap thing so yeah, what was he, his wife like
1: his, so first of all he 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 was originally married for until like the early 2000s and then huh. his wife said uh we're splitting because he's gay um and uh. and she had known he had they had an, a very what she said open and honest relationship and yeah. um his partner they decided they were going to give it a go and they were married all the way until his, uh, or they were, um, whatever common law. Until- so,
0: D-O- wait, wait, wait. Doa guy is married from back in the day all the way to the early two thousands. Correct. And she's like, "Yeah, I always knew he's gay, but we're married or whatever." Finally, he's like, "You know what? I don't want to be married to you anymore. I want to go marry my my boyfriend."
1: Right. Okay. Um, and he's cool with that. She's like, "All right, go for it." Yeah. So she was she was from the seventies till two thousand six. They wow. were married. Um, and then they split up, and he started seeing this guy, Michael Simpson. Um, and uh, they became married. Um, they had split for a while. Um, because when they got married, um, apparently,
0: uh, now wait a second. I, I have a qu- I mean, I don't know if you have the answers to these questions, but in 2006, when uh when DOA guy married Simpson, uh huh. Did Simpson know he was DOA guy, or did he look totally yeah, yeah, different? Yeah. Okay, so he just that—that's been his calling card like since the seventies. Yeah,
1: he got a DOA guy exactly, and and he had been with him for quite some time. Apparently, overlapping, with, and so they wife. just said, "Let's just you Let's know just do this. We're we're very amicable. We're friends. Yeah, we can wear bro. the same clothes. Right. We, can, you know, like, we, really we basically same. double our closet
0: space, bro. Right. I mean, think about all the benefits of losing the chick.
1: But he you was. Know. He was really notorious for one thing, which was uh, other than his hit was he he just constantly got plastic surgery. Mm. So by the end, he just he looked.
0: He looked like a record player. Yeah, he looked like a piece of record, a piece of vinyl. Yeah, was it was.
1: He, I mean, he just looked insane. I yeah. mean, he's had cheek implants and like all this, like lip implants and yeah, Botox, and he blew through all of his money. Money, um, so much so that. Uh, Right before, uh, like right last year at one point. He was going to bust out a reunion tour? No, oh. he, uh, he was evicted. He and his partner were evicted, uh, and they owed $41,000 in rent. Oh. Yeah, so but they were.
0: DOA, dude. Now, let me ask you a question. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, like I said, it, it, it did bum me out when I heard this guy passed away. But yeah. if you're the landlord, the DOA guy, and he owes you $41,000, do not you say, okay, listen, here's the deal, bro. You're going you're gonna to play like my cousin's wedding. right. Uh, we're gonna you know.
1: take you. I'm gonna take you on tour.
0: Not even yeah. that, but just like like just to have him play his song. Like we're gonna do silly stuff. Like like I, if I if I, if DoA guy was my tenant, uh, tenant and right. he owed me forty one thousand dollars, I'd be like, listen, dude, here's the deal. Uh, you know, it's Doug's birthday this weekend. I'm gonna take him to a Denny's with a couple friends. You're gonna dress up as the server, <laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna spill the food on him, and then you're gonna start. You're gonna jump on this table and sing your song.
1: That'd be amazing.
0: Like make him like a puppet guy, you know. Like be like, you know, How you know. How come I mean? this is,
1: that hasn't happened yet? You
0: know, be like, <laughs> I'll knock ten thousand dollars off your rent for that. You know, right. so like, there he is in Denny's. He spills something on you, and you're like, dude, what's up? And all of a sudden, goes, I'm sorry, Doug.
1: You, you spin, spin me right round. You know, <laughs> that'd dancing. be amazing. Yeah, I'm totally I mean, into that. Yeah, like, yeah. That'd... This landlord was lame. But so I watched this this wife swap. Uh, I got almost done with the episode, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it was he he was actually a really very nice guy yeah uh, the footballer that he did the wife swap she had like a here the footballer dude had like this supermodel uh girlf- or, or his wife was like a supermodel and then when they switched the 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 footballer's wife was like is this what is this what life's supposed to be like? Like, <laughs> she, like uh, his, this uh, Michael Simpson was like super nice to her, like made her meals every night, like treated her to things, would take her out. And we, she, he, she would say, uh, all right, what are we going to do today? And he goes, I don't know. Why don't we just go out and take photos of you? Cause you're beautiful. Yeah. And, and she was like, what? And then they went out and they like did all these photo shoots. And it was, that's and a, that's a
0: great idea for a date. Yeah.
1: And then, Take pictures, yeah, huh. and then wow. <laughs> note to self: you're yeah, gonna write that down. Good. You and Christy, yeah. So, take pictures. so um, yeah. He, he, there was that, and then the footballer dude with with uh, Paul was like, they he uh, he would sit on the couch all day, like do nothing, watch TV, <laughs> expect Paul to like make him food all the time, take care of their baby, yeah. Like, it, and uh, I I think he he goes, uh, oh sorry, Pete. Not Paul. Uh, Doa but, dude. Yeah, Doa dude. Yeah. Pete. Pete uh, was like, "If this is what like everyone, I'm I'm transgender, but I'm not a woman. And if this is what a traditional woman has to go through with a traditional relationship, he's like, this is horrible. Yeah, like, he's like, this is so terrible. This guy won't pitch in at all. He like goes to the pub every night. Yeah, and then like he does. Yeah, he oh, was. Man. Yeah, he just he's like yeah. Brit dude. He just goes Dude. to He just goes to the pub every day and like comes back and and Pete was just like taking care of the baby up all night, and he like, what a trippy thing like you, like
0: you're you're a professional footballer in England, and like d o a dudes taking care of your baby
1: yeah and and he you was are. actually really good at it yeah. and and he uh they like went and had a postmortem of the whole thing and the the two of them are sitting on the couch, like watching this and commenting on it, yeah, and then the footballer and his his wife are looking at it and it it's just really funny because he, he you could tell that he hadn't been around a lot of people who were transgender the or, football guy yeah okay and and it was just really he, they all they both handled it really, really well, yeah, and they got along really well, but it at at one point he was just like. Dude, your wife must fucking be a wreck.
0: <laughs> he just yeah. turns to him like
1: you. You've got to pitch in, dude. You're gonna yeah. lose this girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: so, 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 so do dude. Not only was a good dude, he made a great hit song. Uh huh. And now he's gone, man. That's, and, that's a, yeah. That's a and then he had a heart
1: attack. Yeah. So I felt I it actually ingratiated me to him much more. Uh, more, I thought that. He had just gone off the deep end, and he was just a whack job. Well,
0: that's kind of what you you expect, right? You expect, right. you know. You, unfortunately, when guys kind of die a little bit young, you know what I mean. Mm. But you figure that guy probably lived a pretty heavy duty life through the the eighties, you mm-hmm. know, with the hits and all that stuff. So he probably, you know, he probably put some years on his life, right? Uh, or took some off, I should say, right? But um, yeah, you know, you kind of think like the dude ended up dying in a hotel room alone with, you know, in a pile of cocaine or something. But this doesn't sound like that was necessarily no, the case. It just is, sounded uh,
1: like he he they. Might have been something involved, but seems
0: like this should have been a bigger story.
1: It should have been a bigger story, you know. I mean, and I, like I, all I, these people came out, like uh, boy George said he was an inspiration to him,
0: yeah. I like, tend to think that that that, that the uh, older you get and the more kind of and I'm not gonna call this guy like a cultural icon, but you know, like he, he's definitely of a of an age where we we both know him, you know, yeah. we're in our 40s, so we know the guy. Uh, know his song but i think the the more people like that kind of pass away the less people pay attention to it because they don't want to kind of acknowledge like oh wait that dude's like what oh, what you know like that guy that guy died like you know like the other yeah. day it was eminem's birthday and he's 44 right and oh I'm my like, god yeah i'm like how is eminem 44 years old like that doesn't make any sense but then i'm like oh yeah it does yeah
1: because yeah oh that's okay. terrifying
0: but you know what i mean like to yeah. me like when i think of eminem I, he's just perpetually like 23 24 yeah
1: you know? he's, he's always slim shady yeah
0: that's what i mean like what now he's all. He's always up.
1: talking about throwing his wife in the back of a car exactly and, like, like driving Haley, off of his her daughter's
0: inch. probably 23 you know yeah what
1: i mean oh dude that's so weird <laughs> <laughs> so so that's that's vomiting episode uh 12 number 12 and, uh so please uh thank you for listening and uh Follow us on social media. We vomit rainbows. Uh, sign up for our podcast at vomitingrainbows. dot com. Itunes, uh, uh, Google Play, and Stitcher. Uh, and then please like us and comment on us. And uh, feel free to send us emails. We love to hear from anybody who's like listening to our podcast. Any feedback whatsoever. <laughs>